Welcome back to As the Prop Turns. I'm your host, Kat. And Dan. We are here today with our first guest of season two, Avemco Aircraft Insurance. And we have Brian here with us. Um, so they are going to talk today about what aircraft insurance is, um, who should have it, and how you can get it. If you're a student in flight training, if you are an aircraft owner yourself, definitely take a listen today and hear straight from the experts on all of the things aircraft insurance. Um, so Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me and good morning. Good morning. Um, so why don't we go ahead and just jump right in and go ahead and tell us like kind of what you do at Avemco, what Avemco is, and um, kind of all the things they have to offer. Okay, so Vemco is an actual insurance company that specializes only in aviation, and we've been doing that for the last 62 plus years. And we're also what you call a direct writer. So we are the insurance company that actually talks to the customers only. We do not deal with agents or brokers, so that way the customers, the policyholders can get the information directly from the insurance company. Okay, nice. So. Um, what are the different types of insurance that you guys offer? So obviously we offer owner's insurance. So if you own an aircraft, we can definitely help you with that. And then for most of us, like myself, who is also a pilot, uh, for the ones that rent and borrow or who are getting into flight training, we do carry what's called a non-owner pilot insurance. And it follows the pilot from aircraft to aircraft. So if a school has multiple aircraft, depending on the limits you pick, it'll follow you from each aircraft and it protects the policy holder. And depending on how much coverage they take out on the aircraft, it covers that much on the aircraft also. Got it. So it's the pilot that is insured. Yes. And then Very the cool. pilot gets to choose if the aircraft is insured. And then the school talks to the pilot and lets them know, you know, what their requirements are because every school is different. Right, right. So um, it's kind of obvious what owned and non-owned aircraft renters insurance is, but can you kind of explain like who would be the types of people to get these different insurances? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody has a legal liability, just like when they step into a car or step up or you know, hop on a motorcycle. You've got a liability issue in case you injure somebody else or a passenger. So everybody should have at least liability. And we also do CFIs because CFIs, a lot of them don't own their aircraft, so they either rent or they're teaching in somebody else's personal aircraft and prevent the student from turning back and suing an instructor. The instructor would also need to at least have liability coverage. Um, so if, say that you were um, like a student coming to our school, um, what would be kind of the options for that student? So it's almost like their car insurance. You've got two parts to a policy. You've got the liability that protects you from lawsuits in case you injure a passenger or somebody on the ground or you know damage somebody else's property with that aircraft. Let's say you take out a taxiway light or you land on a farmer's field. Those usually average between 95 and $205 a year. And that is mandatory. Liability is always mandatory if you take out a policy. The optional part is called hull coverage or aircraft damage liability, and that protects the aircraft itself. So it covers either the school's deductible or some loss of use or loss of revenue while the aircraft is down. And unfortunately, lately, aircraft do stay down a little bit longer due to parts availability. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So I do have kind of questions more looking at being a student, starting up flight training, knowing absolutely nothing. So you kind of answered one with how the pricing works about 95 a year to 250 a year for the liability policies. Are there things that other people can kind of add atop of that that would make it more expensive but more coverage? Just because I know coming from my standpoint, I don't really do much flying. I just do the admin side of things. You know, you look at car insurance. They're always saying, hey, you can add XYZ thing onto your policy. It would be a little bit more, but you'd have more coverage. Is there something kind of relating to that and what you guys offer? Correct. And that usually has to do with if they're a CFI, you can add CFI coverage onto it, and that would bring the premiums up. Mm -hmm. And then for the hull coverage, just like the school, it's a conversation the student needs to have with the school to find out what are they responsible for on the aircraft itself. You know, some schools have a deductible of five or ten thousand, while other schools, you know, require you to cover, you know, twenty-five or thirty-five or fifty thousand of the aircraft. Gotcha, gotcha. And kind of looking at, you know, as a student's progressing through, as a CFI's progressing through their flight training and the hours. Do you see kind of a deduction in the price? I don't want to say discount, but do you kind of get cheaper premiums as you build more experience as a pilot? Good question. So we do offer a discount for what we call additional flight training or gaining a new rating. And the private certificate does count as a new rating, even the sports certificate. So if you've got aircraft that are sport qualified and somebody wants to go for a sports certificate, that would count. I would bring the premium down by about 10% from that day forward. And the way Avemco operates is we actually do allow you to make those changes midterm. We don't make you wait till the end of the policy period. Interesting, interesting. And there's not, is that kind of the only way that you can get deductions on your premium? Is there an age thing? You know, again, relating from somebody who doesn't really know too much on the flight side of things, my only thing that I can relate to is car insurance. You know, as you get older, you premiums drop as you do xyz thing your premium drops you know yeah on the non-owner the hours and that type of experience don't really affect the premium it's almost like ordering off a menu we because you can also look on our website and you can also purchase policy on our website and we list all of our rates so at that point you know you can make changes especially if you're moving up to transitioning to you know higher performance aircraft and for the student pilot, the biggest thing they need is the liability and amount of hull coverage just to um, take care of, you know, the flight school's portion of the value of the aircraft. And then, you know, basically listening to safety podcasts and like the WINGS program and things like that, we do give a 5% discount for that also. And then if they're a member of you know, some of the various aviation groups. We do give a discount for that, like Civil Air Patrol, you know, AOPA, EAA, uh, the WINGS program or the 99s, um, or Women in Aviation. Those are just some of the discounts that we do offer. Uh, we don't really stack the discounts. So if you belong to multiple aviation groups, we only give the discount once. Got it. Gotcha. That's awesome gotcha. though. Now, just kind of a question that popped into my head that I'm kind of interested to hear about is what would you, when you're looking at the different aircraft and insuring them, in your experience, what do you think you've seen as being the most expensive type of aircraft 
to ensure. And let's not even look at like the Gulf streams and the crazy ones that you'd probably look at the ramp and say that's expensive. But let's say like private private owner just GA GA aircraft. What do you think is the most expensive kind of airplane to get insured? So are you looking at what's the most expensive type of aircraft or the aircraft itself? Or are you talking insurance also? Let let's say let's say insurance just on the insurance side. Let's say I'm going out. I just bought my own plane just so I can kind of you know, bebop around America and the little towns in Georgia, and it's just me flying it, you know, Cessnas, things of, you know, a little smaller size than a big old jet that some of these corporate people have. Good question. So premiums always vary. There's a lot of variables to underwriting and risk management. But usually for somebody starting out, usually we recommend, you know, something small like a J3 Cub or a Super Cub or an American Champion if you want to go tailwheel. Or if you want to go nose wheel, you know, your Cessna 172s, your Piper PA-28s, and aircraft like that. Your air coops. (laughs) And usually for a student, you know, depending on the state and the variables, you know, premiums can, you know, vary from, you know, $1,500 to $2,500 a year, depending on the variables, just as starting out. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, once you transition to retractable gear aircraft and high performance, Premiums do go up and requirements also increase. And most underwriters out there, including Avemco, usually will not put a student pilot in something that's retractable or multi-engine. Oh, interesting. Makes sense. Makes (laughs) sense. Now, would you say kind of, again, another airplane and equipment related question, would you say that tail, tail dragger to just having the classic tricycle gear, do equipment of the aircraft also kind of you know, change what you're looking at when you're insuring an aircraft. Yeah, so more on the value of the aircraft, you know, the newer avionics you have, you know, new engine and other options you put on the aircraft, uh, it does bring the value of the aircraft up, which would bring the premium. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll raise the premium. So premiums are based off of the type of aircraft, you know, where it's located and the value. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Now, kind of going back to something we touched a little bit base on. So if I'm starting out, let's say that somehow, somehow in just a string of luck, I had enough money to go out and get my own airplane. What would the process be for me to get that insured? Oh, easy. Give us or give me a call. Just pick up the <laughs> phone, call Vemco, or if it's late at night and you're bored and you're tired of watching you know, Netflix and things like that, or if it's the weekend, you can hop on our website. And we do have a section on there where you can just put in a quote. Any type of aircraft, you do not have to have the tail number. Just let us know what aircraft you're looking at. It'll ask you for your hours and you know, some information like that. And within a day or two, uh, we could have a quote back to you. And usually we do give a call to let you know that the quote is complete and see what other discounts we can put on there. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's kind of we like... We keep it simple, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, it's almost like getting your uh, car insured. I know you can go in, plug in all the numbers and have a quote back pretty quickly. So that's awesome to hear. It's about the same process. Yeah. And usually with car insurance, you know, the agent or the company you're using will say, well, I need to get this off to underwriting and I'll get back in a couple of days. Well, we are the underwriter. So we make all the decisions immediately or within an hour or so. Oh, gotcha. So the one-stop shop. Cut out the middleman. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Now, I think another question that's kind of popping in my head. So, do you see any of the claims that'll come through with people who are trying to um, get insurance 
claims dealed with? Do you see any of that? What would you say that is the most amount of type of claims that you would see? I don't know um, if I worded that well. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Yeah. On owned aircraft, a lot of our claims are based off of, you know, storm damage and taxi mm. incidences and things like that. And then also a large percentage for both owned and non-owned is issues with takeoff and landing. Gotcha, gotcha. Kind of kissing the ground a little bit too hard and having yes. the tire go flat, all that fun stuff. Yes. Gotcha. Strikes, uh, overrunning the runway, you know, coming in short, hitting the uh, brakes too hard and taking out a couple taxiway lights. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so all the fun stuff, all the fun yeah. stuff. Now, when it does come to claims, most insurance companies, including Avemco, you do need to be claims free for three years. Now, with Avemco, storm damage, we don't, we do look at, you know, past storm damage, but not like a lot of the other carriers. A lot of the other carriers will still block you out for three to five years for storm damage, like Hurricane Ian. It'll just pass through. If somebody called us, you know, in a month and said my aircraft's repaired, you know, it took damage from Hurricane Ian, you know, the mechanics and FAA have signed off on the aircraft, we are usually pretty good to go with something like that because gotcha. it had nothing to do with the policyholder themselves or the pilot themselves. Right. Gotcha. Do you kind of look at thinking about the weather damage? Do you look at seeing if the policyholder did anything to actually move the aircraft to make it safer? to get out of the area just because I know that was a big thing as a flight school and having a um, I'll say the mothership school down in Daytona was a big thing trying to get everything placed to where it wasn't going to get damaged would you say that somebody who doesn't take those steps to make sure the plane's as safe as possible does that kind of hurt them does that what does that look like for y'all it depends on the insurance company now with the Vemco our philosophy is you're paying the insurance company to worry about your property it's your responsibility to worry about you and your family, make sure everybody's safe. That's what you're paying insurance for. Now, some companies will make you move an aircraft or they will increase the deductible until you know the storm passes. We don't do anything like that. You're paying us to worry about your property. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Oh, well, I'm trying to ramble off some different questions. I actually have a question. Sure. So, um, Brian, you're an underwriter for Vemco, right? Yes. Okay, so how did you get into that? Um, I actually answered an ad in the paper 23 years ago. You know, <laughs> being a pilot myself, I was kind of looking to get into the aviation industry as I was building my hours, you know, job hopping. And then an opportunity popped up, you know, obviously Avemco interviewed me and I interviewed them and it seemed like a good fit. And I've been here uh, since 1999. Very awesome, cool. Awesome, awesome. And when did you get your pilot's license? Uh, not to age myself, but, uh, I got my pilot's license in the very beginning of 1990. Okay. So awesome. you had it before. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And do you just have your private? No, I actually have my commercial in both single and multi. So oh, I, wow. I've, I've dabbled in a little bit on everything other than uh, flight instruction. Oh, very gotcha. fun. And you just do that for fun or? Yes. Nice. Now here's a fun question. What kind of aircraft do you normally fly? Do you fly more than one aircraft? I do. So I like to fly, you know, 172. I'm a Cessna guy. Sure. So, you know, 172s, Cardinals. I love the 182. And I've got a little over 100 hours in the Cessna 310. Oh, gotcha, nice. Gotcha. Gotta go big or not at all. <laughs> yeah, Cessna through and through from the sounds of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, is that all that you've flown? Is there anything that's kind of stuck out through the years of what you've flown as being just, I'll say, out of the blue left field that was exciting for you to fly? 
So out of the blue, not many people have heard of it. It was back in 89, 90. My flight instructor owned what was called a Varga Kachina. <laughs> kind of like a, it was tailwheel, so it was kind of like a mini T6, much wow. less power. That is cool. I don't think I've heard of that. No. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, now I'm going to have to Google something right after this so I can <laughs> read a little more. Now, apart from the things that you have flown, what are some aircraft that you would love to fly sometime? Open cockpit biplane. There you Blockos, go. There you Stearmans, go. Uh, your Fairchilds, like your PT-22s and your 29s, your 24s. Oh, yeah. Old school. Got you. Got you. I'm with you on that. I'm an old school guy. I mean, hard and hard. Cars, planes. I just think the older stuff looks better. That is just yes. without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt, love the biplanes, um, which is funny. We keep talking about biplanes on this podcast with kind of going back, looking at history, like the, um, oh my goodness, the DH-4 with the Liberty engines and all that. If you haven't looked at that, really interesting history. Yeah, the de Havilland's, yes. Yes, yep. yes, love the de Havilland. I don't know what it is about his designs, but absolutely love it. There's, um, Have you ever been to England and the, oh my goodness, I can't think of the collection they have. But it's where the DH-88 that de Havilland made as a racer, that's where it's located. But that airport, it has all these old aircraft from the old box kites to new things like the DH-88, you know, fairly new. All I was actually supposed to go to Europe right before COVID hit, and, uh, <laughs> and those uh, trip plans were canceled. Oh, yes. Dang COVID. Dang COVID threw a wrench in everybody's plans. Yes. If you ever get the chance, I need a remember what the heck the collection was called but absolutely worth the trip absolutely it's awesome it's awesome now that does kind of make me come back to thinking about insurance and those older aircraft like biplanes and such do you see a lot of people insuring that with y'all do you see a lot of biplanes getting insured because i don't see a whole lot flying especially in the states not recently. Um, before COVID hit, we did have a lot of people. We do insure a lot of uh, Stearmans and Wacos and aircraft like that, and a lot of home builds that are also biplanes. So last within the last 12 months, it has slowed down a little bit, but a lot of people aren't selling what they have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. It's definitely the market, and every market's just hurting right now. But I'm sure, did you see kind of a spike during COVID? I know there was a weird weird time during COVID where a lot of people were at home and said, you know, it'd be awesome to just go get an airplane or just start building an airplane at home. Do you see a spike during those years? What I personally noticed during those first couple of years of COVID, the people who were flying 100, 200 hours a year had dropped down to 20 or 50 hours a year. And the people who had only been flying 20 hours a year had to get out of the house and they were <laughs> flying 100, 150 hours a year. Yeah, that's so funny. It, it kind of switched, you know, it's like a yeah. 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 That's, that's funny. I was actually doing EMS in Georgia during COVID and oh, I had my fill with the healthcare, but it was that weird switch where you just saw a whole heavy dip to near nothing where nobody was going to the hospitals or calling 911. So it's interesting to see that, you know, flipping back and forth of, you know, people who were doing a whole lot to doing nothing and people who weren't doing a whole lot going to doing a ton. So just intrigued to hear about that. Yeah. And the other issue with during COVID was we were hearing from a lot of CFIs. They were not teaching a lot because mm -hmm. of restrictions. And sure. same with the designated pilot examiners. They were not given as many check rides because a lot of them had basically quit for a while. Yeah. But the yeah. ones that were still instructing, the ones that were still given check rides, they were actually still calling to get the CFI non-owner policy. So they still had coverage while they gave those check rides and were flying with the uh, the students and people trying to get back in aviation. 
Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's definitely a hard time. It's hard to keep the uh, six feet rule when you're about five inches from them in the uh, tandem seats there. So yeah, I'm a small a guy. Time. I'm five six. I used to fly with another guy who was five four, and we tried a one fifty two one day, and we were still rubbing shoulders. Like, no, we got to go back to one seventy two. Yeah. <laughs> That is how it goes. That is for sure. That is for sure. I would like to say, as I sat here and let the gears of my brain churn a little bit, it is called the Shuttleworth Collection in England, if you ever, you know, end up over there. So I, just I will to end throw up over there you. one day, yes. I had to throw that at you. And while you're out there, you got to go see P&A Woods. They're not airplanes, but they're a um, Bentley Rolls-Royce dealership, but they actually do work on the, oh, I can't think now, the Merlin engines for the Spitfires and all that. Oh okay. my goodness, they do the whole nine yards, so that's that's an interesting thing, but kind of taking that and jumping into, do you see any um, older aircraft, older warbirds with, you know, the Merlins, any kind of P-51s, anything super expensive like that that gets insured with you all? We do get calls for, you know, the P-51s and the P-40s and the T-28s and things like that. That's just a little outside of our realm. Uh, we do have a sister company that we do refer that to, but you still have to have a broker to get, you know, quotes through that company. Mm. But I am still getting uh, quite a few calls for aircraft like that. Now, not the P-51s, cool. but, you know, some of the older classics, yes. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's another fun little realm of uh, aviation, those old classics. So, And usually yeah, with those classics, when you go in the hangar, you know, you'll usually see like a Duesenberg or an Auburn sit right next to the aircraft, which is perfect. Yes, nice. yes. <laughs> Uh, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Well, I'm trying to think of more things to throw your ways in terms of questions. I'm sure I could sit here and chat about old aircraft and biplanes all day, every day. Um, see, I mean, like I said, you give me two seconds, let the gears in my head churn a little bit. Have you seen the old, old movie that is um, Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines? Very old, but that's where they had all the box kites and such. I think it was an English movie. I have not. Oh my goodness, you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out. It's 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 awesome. And again, everything kind of relates back to itself. The Shuttleworth collection in England actually has the box kite that they flew in that movie. So it's it's all tying itself into each other. So you've got to watch that movie, then go see the collection and just kind of do the whole nine yards of what we talked about today. <laughs> and with aircraft like that, you know, in the home building world people do try to recreate aircraft like that and mm -hmm. some of those aircraft we will offer just liability for um if it flies we can try and put it into our underwrite <laughs> manual you know depending on how many are out there and what the build is interesting nice. interesting now do you guys do you want to insure anything just because you said if it flies we'll try to get uh insurance on it do you see anybody doing the uh paragliders where they get the massive fans on their back and just kind those of... we yeah those we will not insure <laughs> interesting interesting does anybody insure those i don't know who does somebody has to because there's so many of them out there but <laughs> yeah. Usually yeah exactly for those, i say hop online you know do you know google search you know paragliders who's insuring and i'm sure one or two underwriters or one or two agents will pop up Interesting, sure. interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a whole different realm that I don't know too much about, but just interesting just because you said if it flies, you try to insure them. Um, now, so, do you guys do anything with gliders? Do you do anything? Oh, uh, we do. The, yeah, really? gliders we do, and um, we also do the motor gliders. And then, you know, as I said, 
some of your light sport aircraft, depending on, you know, how many are here in the U.S. and, you know, parts availability and things like that. So, I mean, if you're thinking of purchasing an aircraft or training in an aircraft, give us a call. We'll see if we can make it work. Got you. Awesome. On this topic, do you guys insure drones? We do not. Okay. Um, (laughs) There are a few companies out there. It depends on the type of drone and what they're being used for, from what I'm hearing. That makes sense. I'm sure probably the bigger... um movie drones and such would probably be insured but i can't I think those type would be insurable and i'm sure the type that do the power line and uh pipeline mm-hmm. patrol but that that is a very specialty field yeah yeah i feel like you're more insuring the equipment you're putting on the drone than the drone itself you know yeah, i think we'll notice it's mostly liability but as i said you know it's not something we've started doing yet um, I don't see it in the near future, but we do put things like that out on the back burner and we do discuss it here and there, you sure. know, a couple of times a year. Yeah, it's definitely a booming industry, definitely a booming industry with drones. So um, you mentioned quite a few um, perks of using a Vemco, the flexibility, um, you know, cutting out the middleman. So when it comes down to it, why choose a Vemco? Well, Bemco, we've been, as I said, we've been around for 62 years, or a little bit more than that. We've got 62 years of claims data. So when you are dealing with the Vemco, you're dealing with a company that handles everything internally, and our claims handling is probably one of the best claims handling that's out there in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Got you. And if you go with a Vemco, you can talk to people like Brian. And if you talk to Brian, <laughs> and, and if you get to talk to Brian. Consult. I mean, you know, a lot of people just don't call and say, you know, I'm looking for a quote. They, they're looking for advice. So mm-hmm. we've got a lot of knowledge here. And, you know, we'll kind of consult and advise people, you know, which way to start out and which, you know, they'll tell us where they want to go to. Let's say they want to go to a Cessna 310 or Navajo. We'll kind of tell them steps to how to get there and what to, you know, look for you know, premium-wise and things like that and transition-wise from aircraft to aircraft until you get to your dream aircraft. Gotcha. That's awesome. And I was going to say, if you uh, call and you get to talk to Brian, you can ask him if he's seen the uh, Shuttleworth collection or seen the <laughs> old movie. So, yeah, a lot I'm of options. the phone day yeah. in, day out. So, yeah, if you call, I, I answer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and educating us on uh, aircraft insurance and entertaining Dan's historical aircraft talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been a proud partner here at Superior with Avemco for just over two years now, um, and you guys do have um, a code that you have given us, so we'll go ahead and um, leave that code in the description of this episode today if anyone's interested out there in getting a quote. Um, Brian, thank you so much for being here today. You are welcome. I would like to bring up one more thing with CFIs. Yeah. A lot of our claims do have CFIs on board because people are always training, especially getting ready for their solo. And for the CFIs, the most important thing is, especially if you insure with the VEMCO, is to join NAFI, which is the National Association of Flight Instructors. And if you're a member of NAFI and you have your CFI policy with us, it actually gives you what's called professional malpractice insurance under the liability. So let's say you're a CFI, you sign me off to solo, and then you're also a DPE and you give me my check ride. And months later I have an accident and I try to turn around and sue you for the way you taught me. That CFI policy and being a member of NAFI will actually hire a defense for you against that lawsuit. Oh, that's awesome. Kind of like errors and omissions for CFIs. Yeah, that's awesome because I'm sure that's, you know, every CFI's fear. (laughs) Yes, I I talk to a lot of CFIs that are concerned about that, yes. 
Yeah, that's cool. awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, again, thank you, Brian, and the whole of Emco team uh, for taking the time to speak with us today. Oh, you are very welcome. All right, and um, thanks for everyone listening, and we hope you join us next week with another special guest. I'm your host, Kat Granary, and thanks for listening to As the Prop Turns. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for making all this possible, and of course, all of our listeners. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and Facebook, handle at Superior Flight School. And remember, keep the blue side up.